Hello, everyone, and welcome out to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film an improv scene, and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our programs, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review, or subscribe and leave a review wherever you can get podcasts. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. How rad is that? Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with Audible, plus you get easy exchanges. So, don't love a book? Swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook. Also, support for this podcast has been made possible by our Kickstarter backers, Ashley Carson, Catherine Ranella, Wooz, Yannick, Doug Poeta, Christopher LeBlanc, Andrew, Kenny, Jerome Wetzel, Casey May, Anonymous, Tavia Ordway, Anthony Portillo, Jen and Brian Petrie, Guest 16554255418, Laura Spires, Kimberly Barr, Kyle Jepson. We here at The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky just wanted to offer the following discretion that this episode was pre-recorded in the last few months of 2019. In this episode, I'm still here with Amanda, and we're sitting down to talk about Charlie's Angels on this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. It's a continuation of last week's episode. A word for the warning, though, there will be spoilers aplenty, and not just about the topic we're talking about, which is the film Charlie's Angels, but much, much more. So, listener, beware. If there's anything you want to say about any topic we covered in last week or this week's episode, join in on the conversation by interacting with us via social media or email. Twitter and Instagram is username goodbadgeeky or email goodbadgeeky at gmail.com. We may read your comment on a future episode of the show. All right, enough said on my end. Will, roll them. was a good movie and yeah thank you for getting it back <laughs> no I, like really i thought it was a lot of fun i yeah. liked the characters i really enjoy naomi scott like going back to aladdin she was one of the only parts i liked in that i thought she was great in power rangers so when i first saw the trailer for this what won me over is that naomi scott was in it for me it was naomi scott but mostly elizabeth banks was my big thing and it's like patrick stewart well, yeah, he's gravy he's gonna die at the beginning of the movie is what i thought and then he I thought it. he was going to die and Jamon Hanzu would like stick around and be the bad guy because he's been a bad guy so much recently. <laughs> it was actually nice to just see him get to be a good guy. I know, which is sad that then he... Well, I, and again, I think maybe something got cut, uh, was when uh, Jane cried over Sabrina. Sabina. Sabina. Um, I'm fine that the scene happened. It was actually very well done. Mm-hmm. But I felt like there was something, another thing, scene missing where like they had a, a fight or something. And Grant Ward... Kind of. There was something else off where she's just like, why are you crying? And I was oh, like... See, I that didn't bother me. And I got it. And I part of what I liked about it is... I thought that, that was annoying. Clearly, Jane throughout has been like very much like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm tough. And when she said like she didn't need a hug to Bosley... Oh, I, I get that. That's, here's the thing. I completely get the arc. 
Yeah. I just felt like we just jumped from A to C way too quickly. Or I'm sorry, probably like F. We we had a few other beats. I just with okay. Sabina in particular. With their friendship developing? Yeah. Because like she's like even during the other scenes, and granted, you could say, oh, she's like, you know, friend flirting, where you just like you give your friend shit kind of thing. But it's like you can't tell with her. Because well, she is such a badass that you and Sab- and also and Sabina said, "I'm annoying. I'm annoying." And so I get why I was like, "Well, I I guess that kind of makes sense." Well, a, I mean, a little it starts bit, off with them rubbing each other wrong the wrong way, but she basically- pushes her off the fucking building, <laughs> which is really yeah. goddamn funny. And then she's like, "Are you gonna let that go?" No, I'm processing. I'm, 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 I'm processing, which <laughs> this is a fucking great thing you know, to say. I thought- I thought Kristen was Stewart was so funny in this, but I I don't know like it worked for me because when they were fighting together in the abandoned warehouse, you know the obligatory abandoned warehouse for every single action yes. movie. Yeah, <laughs> like there was a big giant abandoned warehouse in uh, industrial place in uh, Hobbs and Shaw earlier this year too. Oh, Actually, was that was an IP I enjoyed, but really okay, I had not seen that one yet. But it, it, okay, it's it's Jason fun. Stratham. It, it's like the Meg. It's like. This is not a good Except movie. Except it was better than The Meg. Was it? Uh, yeah, okay, I so. now I'm excited. I mean, excited. I didn't hate The Meg the way some people did, but... Oh, I didn't think it... I mean, I knew what I was getting into right. with that movie. I went in for a giant dumb shark movie. But, <laughs> with, like, there was also, you know, a big industrial abandoned warehouse sort of thing. But I... They started communicating better to each other in that. Like... When Jane's like, oh, I'm going to do it myself. And then Sabina's like, no, I got your back. And like, they started like, yeah, I, helping each other. So see, this is why I want to, I should see it again, to be honest yeah, with you. you so go. I can, oh, uh, the but I liked that Jane cried. I don't know. I, no, I love that. She cried. I, I just loved that because it was showing like, you can be a strong woman and still have emotions. And guess what? <coughs> you don't have to get made fun of or say that you showing Emotions is weakness. weakness. Oh my god! I watched a Parks and Rec episode where they went hunting. Do you watch Parks and Rec? Yes, I've watched it all the way okay. through at least three I'm, times. I'm just in the middle of through season two, and it's where uh, Aziz's character shoots Ron in the back of the head. Oh. And they have the ranger over, and you find out why Leslie covers for him, but like she gets de- just demeaned the whole oh, time, totally. and then she just goes fucking full tilt into it, which is really funny. But I was just like, oh, I don't like this. This, and they never do like a callback where the ranger looks like an ass or anything like that. So it was just very like, fuck mm-hmm. that guy because that's just, there's yeah. He's like, are you having? You're in your period, technically, is what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, do you have tunnel vision? When women go out hunting, they they get the vapors and they get tunnel vision. He's like, uh, no, I. Grant, she also lied poorly at first, which was the joke at first, but then it kept getting worse yeah. and worse. And then finally, thank God, because they started doing like quick edits of her just talking and saying what happened. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. What it could be. But. The when they did that, they weren't giving his response anymore. It was just her, just her. So it was it was a lot better. But it, but still, you're just like how she probably did like twenty jokes oh, or yeah, statements. Yeah. So it means he twenty times made her feel like shit. Fuck that guy. Speaking of shitty guys in this movie, Nate Faxon pulling out a skeezy scumball, and I like Nate Faxon. I know, but the whole, every, Jesus, when he first showed up, I was like, oh, "Yay, Nate Faxon!" And then I was like, "Oh, you're oh, the you, asshole." You, you should be careful. It's slicked back hair, Nate Faxon, which he means he reaches across the table and touches her and arm, touches her hand, Ugh. like, "Oh, you know better than this." I was Fuck just like, "That guy, you son of a bitch, I want to punch you in the face." Oh, and Jonathan Tucker though did a great job. 
um, he played Hodak, the guy with the tattoos. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was like, I just remember, I was like, he was. Good. You look like Anton Yelchin on crack, cocaine, and steroids. You're freaking me out, bro. And like, yeah, I don't want to beefed up a lot. He, ha- I feel like, yeah. And then I, don't, I hope the tats aren't. I'm not a big tat person in general, but I was just like, it's cre, it's scary, it's too scary. I think he has real tattoos, but like the ones where they're like neck tattoos, as Craig Bergen says, where it's like a spider web of flowers on his face. (laughs) That's what it looked like. Oh, and also, uh, I think it was. I could be wrong. Is it all the boys that you've loved before? Yes, it was Noah Centineo. Oh, Noah Centineo. Yes, all the boys. That was the other thing in the trailer, other than Elizabeth Banks and Naomi Scott, that sold me. Is I was like. I fucking love Noah Centineo. So I have not seen Sarah Burgess is a loser yet. And I want it to my queue because I loved all the boys to all the boys. Oh, to all the boys is amazing. Is so good. One <sighs> of my friends was the assistant editor on it. Ashley, you did a great job. It's fantastic. But yeah, uh, Sierra Burgess is just. I, I mean, uh, I know going into it, it's going to be. Okay. So. Um, there is a difference between, I would say like, I would say the feeling I had going into all the boys I loved before was like, it's a teen rom-com, but it's the but no, best no, teen rom-com but it, in no, a decade. It, but that's what I'm saying. Like it completely surprised me. Yeah. But like when I'm going to watch that, I know it's going to be the same thing. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's no, like, it's like a teenage version of just friends, but in high school. Sierra Burgess is very much. Oh, it's Cyrano de Bergenac. Yeah. It's Cyrano. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm cool with that. But I know going in, like, it's not going to be as good as Roxanne. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you have a little yeah. Steve Martin flair going on there. Even though that movie doesn't hold up super well, but it's still really funny. So when he showed up, though, uh, and also, it was such a weird, like, I didn't think she liked any, I thought she thought all dudes were just creeps, but he just was just like, let me win you over with my, granted, they had chemistry, so it didn't bother me, but he's just like, let me win you over with, like, are you going to eat that? Because there are germs. And she's just like, yeah, there's germs in the sandwich. And I was oh like, my the God. fuck? The fuck? And then she's like, would you like some gummy bears? <laughs> no, what it was is the gummy bears, he figured out by all the things she had oh, grabbed she that she doing... was making a bomb, and that was the glycerin that she needed. Oh! They were flirting through science. Which and makes it, was it like, even better. Right? And that's why it wasn't just like, God. here, would you like a gummy bear? But it was also like, this is what you need for the thing that you're, the bomb you're building. Can I Can I also point out, and he was really just more, he wasn't really a part of the joke, but he, in, 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 in a verbal way. But when he throws him out of the closet, he's like, he's been here that whole time. Isn't that, well, this is funny. You just don't have a good sense of humor about it. I was just like, that is really fucking funny. He's been in there this whole time. In my Louis fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I knew from uh, the very beginning that Sam Claflin was going to be a bad guy. Oh, well, okay. So, again, that felt like a weird editing thing where it just felt like very abrupt where it cuts to him in the park riding his bike. Or whatever. Or, yeah, hiking something. Or hiking yeah. or something. And, and then I was like, okay, well, he's obviously a bad guy, but I didn't really get how because he was so f- kind of removed from everything a little bit. They were talking about him. Yeah, but as Brock, the as head of Brock, the, the head of. And it's like, I'm energy. trying to get a hold of Brock Energy or whatever the fuck his name yeah. is. But uh, wait, wait, wait. I actually have it. Alexander Brock. I knew it was Brock. Yeah. Um, and Edgar, Bos- Edgar Bosley. Not- was, yeah, Damon uh, Hansu. Patrick Stewart was John. Okay, I okay. I will say this though: they didn't fucking show Bill Murray. Now, was that because he didn't want his fucking picture in the movie? 
Oh, do you not? Oh, I know that he had problems with Lucy Liu. I was like, yeah, he and Lucy Liu did not get along. And yeah, he, but that's why just... he wasn't in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Like he apparently oh, he had it. filmed some of it or something, and straight up was like, they called in Bernie Mac. It was like this whole giant drama. I've heard several podcasts Which, and things about it. But I'm fine with. But I was like, you've done shitty Photoshop. It's not going to hurt you to do some more shitty Photoshop. Like, I bet he didn't want his image used in it. Which is sad. Hey, it's not Garfield. Come on. I, I'm just saying. Like, eh. <laughs> they were replacing everybody with <laughs> with Patrick with Stewart. Patrick Stewart. It's like it's like, like their seal. It's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Heidi Klum. Well, we placed her with Patrick Stewart too. That was just the next logical place for me was Heidi Klum Heidi, because yeah, of Seal. seal. Um, I also like that Johnny Smith. Uh, yeah, ended up kind of being a good guy. Oh yes, and I was like. Instantly, I was like, he's in Crazy Rich Asians. He plays the mm. groom. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, but Chris I, Pang. I thought it was interesting, though, that... And, again, my basis for my memory is more the the original 2000s movies. Like, mm-hmm. with Drew Barrymore falling in love with the thin white man, Chris McGlover. Oh, okay. And I thought with Sabina and him having that where he's like, hey, uh, it's, it's great to run into you again. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And she's kicking some ass. And he's still trying to hit on her and take her out. Well, I was like, are they trying to do the thin, the, the white thin man or whatever from the original movies? I mean, actually, they look kind of cute together. Oh, I'm sure I'm for that, whatever. But, I mean, I hope she kicks his ass, too. <laughs> like, I, it's so weird. I mean, he very clearly, like, at the beginning, when they're in Rio, it's like, okay. Oh, he's a slime ball. Oh, and he's just like, oh, but women should do this and blah, blah, blah. And they should just. But she clearly kicked his ass. Oh, and he loved it. He did. He did. And that's why I'm just like, I, I'm perfectly okay with, with if those two get. Well, that's what happens in that one. Was it full throttle? They eventually, they're really flirty, like killing each other flirty in the first Charlie's Angels. Uh-huh. And then when he shows up in the second one, he, I think, if I remember correctly, yeah, because Demi Moore is the fallen angel. That tries to, which they make reference to in this one, which oh, I really, okay. yeah, I like yeah. that they the, did. There have been other, yeah, because there's is been supposed- angels that have been, yeah, it's a sequel, but it's not, but it yeah. is, yeah, it's I a li- continuation. I think is how I saw them phrase it. Yeah, which I really like because my first, I was like, they're going to ignore the other ones, whatever. But I was but like, no, they like expanded on right. It's like, well, you've done such a good job for the past forty five years that we are now international. I was like. Yeah, well, and that's the thing I liked. Like I said, the Bosleys are like lieutenants, and then yes. and that Charlie now, like you know, and Patrick Stewart's all like, oh, I should have been made Charlie, and it's like no, because this whole thing is about women, so it should be a woman who's fucking Charlie. But she's got to change her voice because we still live in a patriarchy. And also, you know, it sounds no, that's not I. Charlie sounds cool when he sounds like whoever's doing the fucking voice for Charlie. Oh, it was somebody new because the guy who had originally done it. I think he did. I think he died. died before Full Throttle or something, right? It was something like he did the original movie, but I think he died. I don't know. I all I know is I had read that this was the first time it wasn't like Peter Townsend or whoever yeah. did the original. By the way, Rolf. I felt really bad for Rolf. Um, oh, David Schutter. Yeah, but also like he, he, he was listen. being a creepy. He was no, like he was. he was being a creep to her. You no, know, he was. Well, but I like that she cared enough that she didn't want him to die, right. which was nice. But, but that's but, because she's a good person, and that was a good running joke. It was like, well, I liked it how like Jane was just like, mm-hmm. they might be dead. I don't know. And then like Sabina's like, 
they, they lived. It's fine. Let's go. Like, and then it like cuts- she knows that that's what she's worried about. Yes, that is definitely what Elena's worried about. And I also like that when she's like, oh, but Ralph, what, what about him? And then they're like, oh, it'll be okay. And they're looking at each other like, it's not going to be, be okay. okay. And, and then, then you cut to this, <laughs> pulling the blanket over. But at what point did they actually tell her that he died? You know what I mean? Because at one point she's just like, well, Ralph is dead and blah, blah, blah. Like it killed Ralph. It works. Well, when they sh- cut to that, I thought part of it was like they... They did tell her. They did like tell her, but I thought they hand. also still were able to... Oh, s- they okay. still had access to some of the audiovisual stuff, I think, or Fair something. Enough. But, yeah. Dun, I, I don't dun, know. Dun. I just... I thought this movie was so much fun, and I thought the action was done really well, and all the fight scenes and everything. If anything, and sadly, I hope, if anything, this is what comes from the movie, is that Elizabeth Banks can do an action movie. Another one, yeah. And she can... Well, I'm just saying, like, this was the testing ground for that. And even though the movie didn't do well, I hope that... Did you see Pitch Perfect 3? I I did. Okay, because I felt like... It was It was uneven. It was just fine. The first one is the best. Well, there's a lot of stunts and stuff like that when they were doing, like, the wire work. There was a lot of action. Yes. And I almost felt like that was her being like, look, I can do a little But it's still very much... and, And this is no disrespect to her on that movie, but it felt to me very much like Kevin Smith trying to do Pitch Perfect, where turn the camera around this way, shoot it. There's a few interesting shots, but it's Pitch Perfect. You're not trying to break the what. But this one was just like... This is a fucking in like she's doing awesome train shots, doing all this and that. Well, and I thought um, I saw. I, so I was, I was, I was very much a person. Not to say she was a bad director in any way, shape, or form, because well, because Bill, it's different things. Bill Pope was the cinematographer. He did like The Matrix and well, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like she surrounded herself with great people, but like yeah. at some point though, she worked with him to set up those shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe but, he but suggested. That's what I'm it. saying is part of it is I think. She did a good job with directing, and then Bill Pope as the the DP. I think they worked well together. Oh my god! Because yeah. he's a really good director, of photography, or cinematographer. And so I th- I was very surprised in the credits when I saw that he was involved with it, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I I yeah I really hope that um, even though this doesn't well I, well so did you hear what she said that pissed a lot of you know misogynistic nerds off? Oh no! Um, she wrote a a response to the times or somebody where she's just like, I don't, I don't know why it bombed, but you know, it was like, it's probably a bunch of assholes who were pissed off. That's not another Spider-Man reboot or something. And she's like, well, what? And I think someone said, are you sure you want to say that? And she's just like, Spider-Man has been rebooted 37 times. And I was like, you're not wrong. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. The problem is that people are latching onto that. Like it's, it's all the last Jedi assholes. Those kind of guys where it's like, fuck Rose, fuck Ray. It's that kind of misogyny. And I was just like, what was it? Drew McWeeny said, how about no one wants to see your movie because it doesn't look good in the marketing? It doesn't look, which is true. Okay, in the marketing, sure. But but you know what I mean? Like, he's like, how about it has nothing to do with the fact that it's women power or whatever. It's just the movie's not enticing to people. They're not going to it. Has nothing to do with them wanting Spider-Man reboots. It's, or they're just not interested in the property. I'm just like, well, I wasn't super thrilled about the property, and now I'm just like, I want to see Mission Impossible style versions of Charlie's Angels. I would, I want what them to the, get a, a sequel so much, and because they I could loved, do well overseas, that could make them a sequel. I hope so. I hope so. And I'm gonna try to like spread the word on this, and because another thing this is, is where I'm an asshole. Is this episode is not going up for a while, and no, it will no, be no. on video by that point. But no, that's fine. I. But you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a part of me that has thought. Of, I was like, I enjoyed it so much. I was like. 
I kind of want to release this before then because I want people to, to see to it. To people to yeah, see. yeah, because yeah. I want people to see it. But it's also just like, no, I've made a promise. These are the things I want. I need to stick to my plan. Well, but yeah, yeah. No, that's that fine. But, but you can still I enjoyed post it. on Facebook. And I could. That's true. Things like that. Like I posted that I was going to see this movie and compared to the response that I got From when I posted people, that I went yeah. to see like Parasite last weekend, it was like just a few people. Whereas I had like five or six comments about going to see Parasite, which Parasite is a better movie overall. But it's but, apples to oranges in yeah. some ways. You know what and I, mean? I just feel like there's been a muted response to this. And I feel like part of that has to do with the IP issues. And yeah, you're I, right. I, and I really think it has to do with that because it's, it's a good movie. The actresses are all great in it. They're all great. Outside of the one or two things that I kind of complained about, the writing is really phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like, compare, considering it's a Charlie's Angels movie, it's way better than it needs to be. Yeah. Like, it's seeming like when you watch Mission Impossible, this is way better than it's Mission so Impossible deserves to be. Better than, yeah. yeah. I thought any Charlie's Angels would be. I had so much fun with it. I loved, like, I could tell it was happening when the guys were all surrounding them at the end. I'm like, oh, you're outnumbered and we're going to get oh, you. Oh, that was so fucking cool. But I, lo I love it. It gave that. me chills. And that's one of the things that's like, as a woman, and it was mostly women in the theater where I saw this. That's I don't good. think I saw a single guy. There was uh, like one guy with mine. It was at Lennox last <coughs> night. Yeah. And you could just feel like, because there was like a whole group of like, girlfriends behind me yeah. like they had all gone together you could just feel the energy when the lights went out and we all knew it's gonna be the women that are taking them down and it's gonna right. be a bunch of, like you know it's coming but it was like even though it was expected it felt so good to see that on screen see now uh, from then, the guy perspective i don't have that perspective at all i'm just like i just want to see some women kick some ass and that's cool yeah but like so for me it's like i i'm very much removed from that i i just more just like i hope this doesn't suck yeah because but yeah for me from that's like awesome. the female perspective and the yeah. representation like oh god that just like hit me so hard that i was like good you you, how many times have you seen like spies do that? But it's never been all women. It's just like how the, many times in Marvel movies have you been like, the last one we've I got saw you surrounded? No, we've got you surrounded. surrounded. You know, it's a trope, but it yeah. just the last one I saw, I think was I think, and we had different opinions on this was the Melissa McCarthy spy movie with Paul by Paul Feig. Paul oh. Feig. Mm -hmm. Which I, I yeah. love, but I know you weren't as I wasn't. I, I we watched it recently, it. and I was a little bit better about it, but. I feel he, Paul has a prop because we're tight. I can call him Paul. Uh, I feel like he has tone problems in his movies sometimes where it's like in terms of physical comedy versus realistic comedy. And like there's okay. there's some stuff where they try to play a little bit too real and then it just becomes cartoonist and then it tries to go back. And I was like, you need to embrace one or the other to me. Mm -hmm. Like that was my problem with my only major complaint with Ghostbusters was that's not true. I had other complaints, but like – I enjoyed the movie. I wanted him to see it do a sequel, but like the whole physical comedy bit, I was like, no, like <laughs> you can't slam her into a brick wall and she's okay. Like, that's oh, a Ghostbuster, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we that, talked about that. Yeah. That was the whole physical comedy. But, but I, but like last Christmas was the first time I, cause he directed that yeah. first time I, I, I did not really see a lot of physical movie. Yeah. Like there were some tone problems that we discussed yeah. before we started recording, but they were different tone problems. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so, different tone problem. So, yeah, different tone problem. So, he, Paul, you have a tone problem, buddy. Uh, 
But no, so Charlie's, I don't even know how I got the fucking, the, the tone on the, the oh, oh, the spy movie. But the, what was the, the, what spy, was the spy, the spy movie trope of, the spy movie was called Spy. It was just Spy. Okay. Yeah. Well, I keep wanting to call it I Spy. I was like, no, no, that's, that's a, a shitty yeah. Owen Wilson, Eddie Murphy movie. Is it oh, Eddie Murphy? Something. I, it's Owen Wilson and somebody. Like I vaguely remember it's like that. G- one. Uh, it, well, it's, it's, well, it's not uh, the original. I hold on. Eddie Murphy, Owen Wilson. I was right. Oh, you are killing it tonight. <laughs> I'll, I'll suck tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> uh, it will not happen again that well. But it's a. It is a spy trope, but I. It just. It's nice to see that it was the woman nice that got to, to see, yeah. That it's I get that. It, it just and that it was. I mean, I figured the the assistant to Fleming was part of when she's like, oh, I did, but then she never came back until that moment. I was like, yeah, tying it back around. Well, and then the way like in the sort of like end credits as they were going through and showing like the other people becoming angels. With Haley Steinfeld, Haley, yeah, yeah. Haley Steinfeld, and who's um, the other girl? Uh, I, I felt like the other two should have been Olympians too. What? Uh, what? Because you know, when it comes to movies, it's like my number one nerdery. Second nerdery is the Olympics. Olympics. I did Ray- actually not know that about you. Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, but Ali Raisman, who's uh, an Olympic gymnast, and Chloe Kim, who's an Olympic snowboarder were two of them and then it was Haley steinfeld and then the actress who plays betty in riverdale shit were the I, ones in the skydiving scene jacqueline smith dana denakia oh yeah ronda rousey oh ronda, 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 ronda rousey and danica patrick as the ronda rousey is a horrible actress and but i like the idea that it was like okay I don't feel like it was her. She was supposed to be acting in that little cameo, though. It was supposed to be her as Ronda Rousey teaching the angels the same way it was Danica Patrick teaching the angels. Chloe Kim. She was a snowboarder. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Lily Reinhardt. She's the one from Riverdale. And then Laverne Cox was the bomb instructor also, uh, which I really like that one. She's like, congratulations. You did not blow yourself up. And I was just like, <laughs> all right, everyone reset it. I was like, ooh, ouch, you guys. Oh, yeah. Allie Raisman. Yeah, uh, Allie Raisman. Was another angel recruit. Um, Huda Katam, but she doesn't have a photo, so I don't, I don't remember her as well. And then, uh, oh, the German analyst. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, the outcome of that was like, I don't know why. What? Why do you want me? Where they get the actual girl that has the bowl cut. Oh, uh, she's yeah. like, I don't know. I felt so bad for her, but it was so funny. Um, oh, oh! Another thing that I loved was like, oh, I'm getting you the shipment that you want to um, the contact in Istanbul, and it was feminine products because that is a huge issue in a lot of countries yeah is like not having enough feminine products and birth control and things like that and then she was like let's get these on the streets and i just like it gave me tingles that was awesome and well okay so i was a little confused did she run everything from her house or did she and then it got and that got that part got closed down or i I wanted to know a little bit more about that because i felt especially if she had her own clinic officially and then she lost yeah. it because she helped uh, Jane it when she was with seemed, MI6. That was a that's a fucking bummer. And it seemed like what it was is that she had helped Jane out with something, and MI6 had said like, "Oh, well, if you recruit her, give her the promise that they'll we'll take care of whatever, so she doesn't lose funding for this clinic, this yeah. women's clinic." And then they were like, "Oh, nope, she helped us. We don't need to help her. Goodbye." 
Which is why she quit MI6. Her. Yeah. Which, 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 which. And I like that backstory. I did too. I did too. Um, well, I guess that was their thing too, is that she still came off like a hard ass in that scene a little bit. And that's why, to me, again, I need to rewatch it again. I yeah. want to rewatch it again. So I think that's maybe why I was like, because then the next scene she shows any type of, or she's trying to show emotion is with her and Sabina after they get hurt. So that's why mm, I'm okay, thinking. Yeah, I think you should watch it. Yeah. Watch it again. And like specifically for Jane, which this is like the first movie that she's basically ever done. Ella Belinsky is Jane. And <laughs> I thought really she good. was fantastic. And I want to see, and I loved that like Noah Centineo's character was just like the damsel in distress, but like oh, he was so... fine with it. And from what I understand with my, my friend who like worked with him on set that or not on set, but she worked with him for to all the boys I love before that like, he's just a genuinely really nice guy. That's nice. And, mm. <laughs> and that like, I just loved like that he, cause I don't feel like every young male actor would take that role where he just gets locked in a closet and the women are constantly saving him. It's like, dude, you just need to work out, look buff, but look nerdy and be in a closet. And oh, I'm sorry. Throw some gummy bears across the table. You you good, son? And just look cute. And look, you look, look cute. Adorable. Look adorable. He was great. Like you're technically the straight man in this. Just shut the fuck yeah, up. But I love like yeah. his chemistry. Chemistry with Jane like was was really good. It was, it was so, so funny. So cute. So that was the weird thing is that say with you about the original Charlie's Angels that they were in love at that period, but Tom Green and Andrew Barrymore had weird fucking chemistry. Well. Well, I mean, it, in, it, in real life, that also did not work out so well. Well, true. But in that moment, though, like, that's really them flirting with each other. And so you can kind of see the chemistry. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's the same kind of thing kind of happens then where he's like, I am I am a boat captain. I'm a boat captain and I'm trapped. Or whatever the fuck he does in that movie. I, <laughs> I just remember he's on a boat and she's yeah. on the boat with him. And that's all I remember. I I actually follow him on Twitter. He's really funny. Surprise. Yes. It's aggravating. It's aggravating. <laughs> And he's he's very funny. He has a lot of interesting thoughts on shit. And son of a bitch, like I don't ever want to see him perform <laughs> anymore. But like that's not true. I would like I saw one of his stand up like bits, and I was just like, it's not bad actually. It's hmm. but well, he's not doing. Has he given up his whole shtick of I'm a child man? Kinda. He makes fun of it now. It's it's not like Bobcat Gold where he's like, oh, I don't fucking talk like that anymore. It's like he makes fun of it. In a different way than Bob. Bobcat just doesn't want to fucking talk about that part of his life anymore. Which I kind of get. Oh, totally. Yeah. But Tom, in the clip I saw, he he's making fun of the difference between Canadians and Americans. It's typical stand-up stuff. And okay. then he does... It, what's like Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler occasionally will bust into his... Yeah. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Where, uh, but, but Tom, because he got lampassed, he makes fun of it a little bit. So, uh, okay. you know, it's hard to, I don't want to say it's the best thing ever. <laughs> I'm just saying like, he's, he's funnier not, he, than you would expect. Yes. Um, I actually, I want to find out what the hell happened to Glenn from the Tom Green show. That's really why I started following him. <laughs> um, and that was a real friend that he lost. I found out, uh, oh. like he didn't die. Like he just lost him as a friend, lost him as a friend because he kept doing pranks with him on the show. And he's like, I'm tired of you doing this. They tried oh. to do another show together where they were both in on the prank, pranking somebody else, but it just didn't work. Didn't work. It didn't work out. And also it's fun to see Glenn get pranked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was one. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Uh, anything else you want to say about Charlie's angels? A uh, couple things. Yeah. I enjoyed saint saint okay i loved it. i'm glad it wasn't bombs but like 
they should have clarified that out a little bit quicker. But again, that ruined the joke and the reveal of what the Altoids does. But like he smacks it, and the way he said, he's like, you know, a lot of things in here go stop that. Smacks it out of her hand. I was like, it's a fucking bomb. Why would you do that? And it's like, no, 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 it's not. But I and I get that. But like, my, that was my first thing. It's like, why did you smack the bomb if it's a bomb? But it's clearly uh, not it, a bomb. Well, but. Okay, so the dialogue that he said after after before he smacked it means something else than what. And I get he's just talking in general. general. Yeah, because he smacks it out, and then he's like, you know what? Just in general, a lot of things in here go boom. So let's- right, but that to me means that the Altoid will go boom. Oh, but then okay. he smacked it from her hand, and I was just like, wait, 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 what? What? Like, I, I get that. That's sound logic. Very sound logic. But then, of course, that was the... I don't know. I'm very torn over it because it does set up the expectation that it could go boom, but no one knows what it does because we're following Naomi Scott's character yeah, through that. Yeah, she's our eyes into and this eyes new world. Your, exactly. And that's fine. But, and then, but there's the other part of me is just like, yeah, but that sets it up really well. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm just... I'm being, I'm being old man yelling at the cloud a little bit on that one. Well, okay. right. But I enjoyed his character as like when he's like, do I have permission to touch your back? Because I think this would help. And he just like, you know, because he's like a chiropractor and a I'm also licensed a licensed therapist. therapist. Oh Jesus God. Christ! Was, I just so liked funny. that he was the support guy. And also, oh, I also liked this. Like, what's the cheese for? What's that code for? It's like it's called. There's a hole shaped in my soul. And it needs, it can only be filled by cheese. Oh my God, I love this. Like that, I was like, oh, Elizabeth Banks clearly wrote this. And the whole thing about um, the Birdman from Alcatraz. And she's like, you know, the Burt Lancaster movie. And they're all looking at her. I was the only person in the whole theater laughing at that. But I was laughing so hard. And when she goes, look, people of all generations enjoy classic (laughs) movies. And I was like, like me. So, so, uh... I kind of feel like that might have happened in real life on maybe one of the Pitch Perfect movies. And she's like, well, I got to use this at some point. Yeah. Because fuck you people. People know what Birdman from Alcatraz is. <laughs> um, like, like, it was very funny. Like, I was just like, I haven't seen the movie in years. And they're like, I Birdman, barely... you mean Michael Keaton? No. Yeah. He's Batman. I just, all, I loved and all of Batman. that. Batman. I thought it was Ben Then they say it's like, it's ben I thought Affleck. it was Ben Affleck. And he's like, well. Eh. And oh my God. I people were laughing at the Batman Ben Affleck thing, but when she just kept going on about Burt Lancaster, I was oh, like cracking so... up so it much. Was... It's I think th- I thought that whole bit was, was super funny. Uh, I, yeah. gosh, it was so good. Good. That's again, really the, the jokes play well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everything plays off really well. Uh, I, I just enjoyed the movie. I highly recommend watching Charlie's angels. Yeah, absolutely. I Lucy Liu. I want to see it again. Destiny. I want to take my sisters to see it. I'm gonna see if I can try to convince Jeremy that we should see this on our next movie date night. Though he probably wants to see Ford versus Ferrari, which I heard is actually really good too. Which is yeah. very frustrating because my first thing is like, I don't like cars. I know your your husband's all about them. Yeah. I am not about cars, and but I'm not about football either. And if Rudy can make me like football, well, <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, someone said I forget who it was. I think it was Drew McQueen. He was just like, it's a dad movie. But it's a good dad movie, and I'm just like... No, that's what I've been hearing on like a lot of like, the awards season podcasts I listen to, yeah. like Little Gold Men and, and I also the awardists the fight and stuff. fight scene between Damon and uh, Christian Bale, Bale when he's like coming back from the grocery store or whatever. It's like the most realist man fight you've ever seen, which is it's kind of bitch slapping at each other. Oh, not like... okay. But, but it's not like... And they're also friends, so it's also like friends fighting each other. But, like, they're wrestling, but they're not. But they're, like, throwing shit at each other. And they're like, oh, shit, this might be... 
That's what I've heard. Okay. And I'm just like, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see this. And then, of course, they were talking about, it's like, yeah, it was kind of scary because we are friends in real life, but uh, we were actually really into the scene and we were really throwing shit at each other. Well, it's like, and like in, um, well, that's good the acting. Fabulous Baker Boys. Oh, I haven't seen them forever. That's the bridges. Right? Yeah, the bridges. And uh, there's like a scene against a fence where like he's pulling his finger back oh, because of the piano thing. Yeah. And I heard an interview with Jeff Bridges talking about how like they were doing that scene. And at some point, because they are brothers and they have all of this stuff, like it, and they were fighting and it like almost like passed into this like teenage brother fighting and like are we still the characters or are we actually fighting now or what's going on so so that's interesting to me because uh everyone i think loves jeff but they forget about bo Bo. and i'm like now grant bo doesn't do as many interesting things as jeff does he's not the dude but uh i mean son of like okay I just remember I loved Bo growing up, like in the 80s and 90s. He would always be like in the background as the dad or something. But I just remember in Jerry Maguire, he played like the asshole father. Oh, Completely broke me. Like I was just like, and Jerry O'Connell's an asshole too? What? <laughs> like, no, they should be the good guys. Um, and yeah. Oh, and I mean, yeah, the part where he's just like, you were in the lobby with that black fella. And you're just like... Oh, you can feel the racism dragging out this fella, and you can—he's just like he's like you're a fucking tool. <laughs> like, yeah, and you can tell he's saying fella, but he means something else. Oh yeah, and you're just like oh. no. Oh, I know. Like it's no. such a what again? That also goes into a, no matter what you say about his more recent works, Cameron Crowe does a good job with some writing, with oh, some dialogue. Yeah. Like he's good with the peppy dialogue, and I'm sure that was probably something they talked about. Was it's like mm-hmm. how do we say that? Well, he's good at saying how do we say this without saying yeah. it? No, that's a good movie. I I, ugh, I I watched it again this past summer. I hadn't seen it in years. In at least now 10, that was marketed years. as a romantic comedy, and it's really not. It's not. But it like but the the I, Sean Wheeler and Scott Wheeler were talking to me about how remember the '90s when every movie had a soundtrack and it was almost do, always do, with Bruce Springsteen. Do, do, and then they like, had the clips of the movie edited in and uh-huh. they were both like oh, I hate that and I was just like I have fond memories of that I remember Philadelphia they would have like clips of Tom Hanks talking yeah uh, also City of Spring- Angels in the arms of the angel yeah no no not arms no, of the angel no it was, it was a Goo Goo Dolls uh, song uh, yeah uh, uh, Iris yes even though they never say Iris in the whole goddamn song <laughs> it's, it, it's like but a, I, yeah it's yeah. those where it's like intercutting the yeah, where the yeah, and you're just like some asshole in a radio station made an edit, good for them. But then the problem is like it is enjoyable. <laughs> but I understand Sean's opinion too, which is like, well, you are taking away from the song a little bit of like what they're like. Yeah. If you listen to Bruce's lyrics, he's saying some shit, some interesting, <laughs> powerful shit um, on the streets of Philadelphia and in the Secret Garden. The one Oscar that I have seen in real life was Bruce Springsteen's Oscar that he won for the streets of Philadelphia. In the streets of Philadelphia. I listened to that recently and that song does not hold up as well. No. But the lyrics are good. But I got to see that Oscar. I was closer to it than I am to you right now. Jesus. Because it was on display. Who did at you the, murder with it? The <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And literally, awesome. I thought Jeremy thought I was going to pass out because I just like couldn't believe I was that close to an Oscar. It was... You should have just grabbed it and run. It was well. It was behind glass. You should have grabbed the glass and run. <laughs> I watch it as you do that. I like, grab this whole giant. You, well, I was thinking you grab it and you realize you just grabbed the glass, <laughs> and then you're like, "Fuck!" 
throw it. <laughs> Jeremy, we're never allowed in Cleveland again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can't ever see Bruce Springsteen in concert again. Sorry. Uh, well, he's like 80, isn't he? Mm, he might not be around. Late 60s, 70s. Really? I feel like someone said he was like 80 or something. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How old is Bruce Springsteen? It's still fucking old to me. Usually, rock stars don't last that long. Grand, he's most been clean. Yeah, like alcohol is his biggest thing. Yeah, and he does, and he's not an alcoholic. I don't. But he think. wasn't like doing coke. Well, that we're aware of. Um, yeah, I haven't <laughs> listened to his audiobook. But um, getting back to Charlie's Angels, one Ooh, last thing I wanted audiobook. to say. I'm sorry, that was. I just need to get that out there. The <laughs> eye makeup was amazing in this movie. Okay. I, yeah, I'm sure it's something I'm, you never looked I at. I am interested in what you have to say right now. The, <laughs> I know, because I have nothing like, to contribute to. I don't to. believe you, Nick. No, but seriously. <laughs> anyone that are listening, Kyle, if you're listening, you will understand what I mean. The, the eye makeup is so on point in this movie. It's amazing. Okay. I, I, will, I will, when I rewatch it, I will focus on the eye makeup. I was like, Damn, I wish I could do well, that. I remember Sabina look, because she always looked like she has, like, rough makeup around the eyes a little bit. Not, like, to make her look, not that she's has bags in her eyes, but she looks like that's her look. Oh, yeah, they all have, the, I mean, in general, the makeup, they all have distinctive looks. Yes. And but in costuming, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I I just, I never really, I mean, I know, know the eyes are the window to the soul, but I just, <laughs> uh, the only time I really got to see anyone's soul was when Sabine was making faces at the one girl, the boat. Oh, my God. Which, when I did that, I was like, did they, did, did Elizabeth Banks have a stroke and they left that? Because you didn't see the girl yet. You just saw them. Her like, make a face. And you just saw her just go, nah. And then it cuts to the girl. And then it cuts after the, I feel it was like after the second face, it cuts to the girl. And I, so I was just like, the fuck are they doing i loved it oh no i did too yeah. but like it took me I was, I was like is she having a stroke <laughs> also this also proves how good she is because she's doing way more facial work than she did in any of the any twilight other movie, movie and any yes, other movie any that i've twilight seen movie. yeah she was so great in this movie i do if anything go see the movie see kristen stewart and not be Kristen. what you think kristen stewart is which is nice yeah what is what you want from an actor matter of fact i realized in that opening scene even though it was a really misogynistic scene i was just like I would love to see her in a normal rom-com, which I know that's the horrible thing that my brain thought of, but like, I was like, it, it's just really, yeah, I know I don't think she'll ever do it, but, no, but cause I it's loved, not really her jam. No, it's and not her that. thing. And, but I loved how funny she was. And like the, when she's like, oh yeah. And I was in and out of like jail and blah, blah, blah. And I never want to go back. And Jane's like, um, aren't you a Park Avenue? Like Harris? Harris. And she's like, yeah. Mo money, mo problems, and then I love later. Mo money, mo horses. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and I think I watched the interview with her and Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, where cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's so great. It's so great. <laughs> and then it's actually Shia just going. I love that gift. Uh, it's a great gift. Uh, but no, the the clip of um, there's a clip of her and him talking, and where she really. Um. What? Oh, what did she say? It's something that made me thought they worked that into the character. She is very much she is self taught because mm-hmm. of of the schooling and stuff like that. And they talked. They both talked about that about how it was working with like onset 
teachers well, and because, all that. And also, like, she was a child actress. Right. Well, Dak Shepard kind of does a similar thing in a different way from his podcast because I listen to it. He talks mm-hmm. about how he gets very triggered. Like, if you, even if, and you could be the sweetest person in the world, like Laura Graham or like Craig T. Nelson or um, any of the cast members of Parenthood. Yeah. They would not even, they would know spite with it, but they would correct him on something. Because he's an armchair expert. He thinks he knows everything. They would correct him. He would take it instantly. Well, he, he knows it now to go, no, you're not saying that because you think I'm stupid. You are saying that because you are trying to help me have correct information. Yes. But and that's because he grew up dyslexic. He didn't learn to read for a long time. There was a, and, and he had other mm-hmm. problems that related to his learning. And she kind of talked in a similar vein. She's like, well, I'm not really super book smart, so I, I read a lot. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. I read a lot. And I, and so I got that vibe from her character in the movie where she's like, cause they, oh, they, okay. they yeah, correct yeah. her a few times and she's like, well, I just wanted to know what the answer to that was. Mm-hmm. And then she doubles down on it a little bit, which was the joke and as the character. But I was just like, I feel like she wrote that specifically for her. If that, it felt that mm-hmm. way. And I was just like, that's amazing too. Like you wrote for your actors, which yeah. you want that sometimes, and, you know, cause she, in my opinion, she stretched her too in a great way. Oh, I, think, I feel like they she made wrote it, to her strengths. Which, and isn't that funny that her strengths are she shows emotion and doesn't bite her lip? Like, you know, like, I no, hate I saying know. that, but like, that is the trope. And I, I really do want people to take away from this is like, at least with Kristen Stewart, like, that is your, that is what everyone's thinking of her. And we'll think of her for a long time, which is sad. Mm-hmm. This movie completely breaks that. And, that's if anything that's why you should go into it and then you can walk on going that was actually a good movie like fuck yes it was yeah that's like that's really not the reason why you should see this movie but if i can't get you in there that's and that's what i can get you to go in to see it that's then fuck it i'll take it jesus it's a good movie seen in theater well this is comes out i hope you have saw it in theaters if not rent it buy it stream it all that jazz unless it's illegal don't do it illegal no so my it's final okay. thoughts, I think yes. Charlie's Angels is fun and much better than I ever thought a Charlie's Angels movie could be. And I want there to be a sequel. It. I, I want there I to be know. a sequel, too. I know. And the, oh, their friendship is so great. And when they're all on the boat and they're just like leaning on each other, I'm like, that is what female friends do. It just felt so real and it natural. Did. I, I love that scene. And even though like there's really no dialogue, also it's just it's like... Go ahead, touch your face. <laughs> like it was so funny. It's like, well, you does, woke, you woke her. <laughs> she does not feel dead. <laughs> she does not feel dead. Oh my god. Um, no, I fully support watching this movie, seeing this movie, buying it, seeing it in theaters. I hope you saw it in theaters when it was out. If not, if there's ever a re-release, see it in the re-release. Yeah. Um, and if this comes out before it hits overseas, which I'm not sure. Because uh, the overseas sure. market's always weird. Sometimes they come out like months before, months Sometimes after, at the same time. After. Yeah, I know. My friends in the UK and like Australia, New Zealand are always like, I don't know. It might come out in time for me to watch this around the same I, time as you. It might not. I, I hope. I hope if it hasn't come out yet there, and you happen to listen to our show, please scope it out. It's 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 yeah. It's a it's a fun popcorn movie, and you will be greatly surprised by all the performances, all the writing. It's not what you expect it to be. It's mm-hmm. it's better than the original Charlie's Angels movies, a hundred percent. I think so. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, Amanda, thank you so much, and check out her website, amandaagogo.com, for all the many podcasts that she does, and the Lady Pod Squad links are on there too, right? Yeah, all of mine are Lady Pod Squad podcasts, but if you search on any social media for hashtag Lady Pod Squad, you'll find. 
Lady Pod Squad. You'll yeah. find them. You'll find us. Thump, bum, bum, bum. All right. Thanks, Amanda. The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is presented by D4K Studios. Nick Argenbright and William Dell are executive producers. Co-producers are Ashley Carlson and Catherine Ranella. Editing and mixing are provided by Orality. Find out how Orality can help you by going to facebook.com forward slash Orality Sounds. The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is also made possible by our Kickstarter backers. To see our backers, check out our show notes over at gbgpodcast.com. The theme and end credit tracks for The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is by chiptune artist Hide Your Tigers. You can check out their music by going to hideyourtigers.bandcamp.com. We also featured the track from Futurama, The Devil's Hands Are Idle Playthings, an arrangement by our own Nathan Haley. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review or subscribe to wherever podcasts are streamed. Thanks for listening.